Hey, it's Caitlin. Hey, it's Abigail. Welcome Welcome to to The Gutsy Gutsy Truth. We believe that change is easier when you are not alone. Through practical advice, personal stories, and expert insights, we offer strategies, empowerment, and a supportive community for you to turn to for guidance and motivation on your journey to living your best life. Let's dive in. Today's guest is Liz Winkley. Liz is a health coach turned sustainability advocate living in Bryan, Texas. She's passionate about real food, low tox, and low impact living and learning something new every day. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to this week's episode of The Gutsy Truth. We are so excited to introduce you to our friend Liz Winkley and she is here to talk to us all about sustainability, a really important topic, but something that can definitely be intimidating if you're not familiar with, you know, best practices and things that you should be looking for. So, Welcome to the Gutsy Truth, Liz. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah, we're so excited to have you here. This is really fun because we're all in person. Yes, (laughs) I know. All in the same room. I feel like usually when I do podcasts, I'm trying to find a quiet closet in my house. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Talking to people. Yeah. It's much better. Yeah. Way easier for sure. Much better. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, before we kind of dive in, can you share us, uh, share with us a little bit about who you are and why you are so passionate about sustainability and how this all came to be just, you know, what you talk about? Sure. Um, I'll try to do that succinctly. Um, so my name is Liz and, um, I actually, my background really started in the health and wellness space. And so I, um, I became a certified health coach about, five or six years ago. Um, and I'd always been interested in health and wellness, exercise, food, like all of those things and kind of started down that path. And really to back up before that, whenever we started having kids, I started looking, really looking more closely at all the choices we were making for our family. Because when you have, excuse me, when you have a tiny person that you are responsible for it, all of a sudden just it, it changes the game. Whereas mm-hmm. some things are like, Oh, well, it's no big deal. If like blah, blah, blah. But then whenever you have a baby, it kind of is a big deal. If you blah, 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 like whatever yeah. it is, yeah. you know, if your mom is like spraying a toxic cleaner next to the baby, you're like, well, hold on. But if it's just <laughs> you, you're like, oh, whatever mom. Um, so I started looking at stuff in our life, just really all of the things, all the choices we were making, um, as far as like things we were purchasing, just really anything we were bringing into our home. Um, and then I'm a, I'm a big rabbit hole kind of girl. I know you guys like a good rabbit hole. Um, and it turns out when you start really looking at ingredients of food, then you start looking at ingredients of things. Then you start looking at, well, what are the things packaged in? Um, it's easy to just kind of see, well, for, for our kind of people, it's easy to see how that would like just snowball into really looking at like well, where's our stuff coming from and where's it going mm-hmm. after the fact? Um, so that's what I started doing. I really, I started looking at every single thing that we purchased and like, all right, well, where is this thing coming from? Who's making it? Um, what is it packaged in? Packaging is, is a huge part of this sustainability thing. It's an, it's an easy switch, I think. And we can talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, where is it going afterwards? Is it going to landfill? Um, and so, so, so much of our stuff does. Um, and then in 20, 2018, we, is it still July? It is. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this will air in July, but in 2018, Shell and I watched, my husband and I watched a documentary called a plastic ocean, I think. Mm-hmm. 
It's recommended to me by a friend. And at that time we were just switching documentaries every Sunday night. We would just choose one. He would choose one. I would choose one. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, this is mine. And we both watched it with our mouths, like just hanging wide open because I think it's, it's one thing to like hear or read or learn about trash. And it's another thing to just see it over and over again mm-hmm. on a screen in front of you. And yeah. after that I was like, all right, well, we're going to do our first plastic free July. And we did our first Plastic Free July in 2018, and that kind of just swapped everything for our family as far as, like, really, I don't want to say, we we did go hardcore then, and we've pulled back in some areas since, but, yeah, that was a, that was a huge turning point for us. So, yeah, so that's what we, <laughs> seeing, seeing all of it just made me realize everyone, I didn't know this before, I didn't realize so much of our plastic recycling wasn't getting recycled. It was just getting shipped to poorer countries, often in the global South, often Asian countries. And they are just, our, our trash is piling up somewhere else. It's Mm -hmm. not, it's not really getting recycled. Um, and once I realized that, and I realized I didn't know before that meant other, other people don't know either. So Mm -hmm. I kind of just started sharing about it because it's really important. It blew my mind to find out about it. So I figured it would blow other people's mind to find out about it too. Yeah, for sure. That's, oh my gosh. That's yeah. So what is, what does a plastic free July look like? I like know, what, what does that I actually mean? mean? <laughs> oh, um, so plastic free July is a campaign. I think it was started, um, in Australia, but basically it is, you can do it on many levels. Um, so, and you can do a plastic free July in a different month that really speaks to you if, mm-hmm. if August sounds like your month or December, maybe December is kind of hard, but, um, so I think the, the main tenets of where they really want people to start is plastic cutlery. So spoons, forks that you would get, you know, to go restaurants, mm-hmm. um, to go cups, especially like styrofoam or plastic cups, like think to go coffee or from a restaurant, um, straws and plastic bags. Mm-hmm. So the big four things that they're like, Hey, if we can all avoid these things for a month because they're none of those are necessary things, right? Like right, there, right. there are some plastics that it's like, I'm not sure how we get around this, you know, like meat packaging is one. Sure. Like it's, it's pretty hard to, yeah. get, to yeah. get meat that doesn't have plastic involved, but, but these things that aren't necessary, um, we probably all can do, can do a little challenge for a month and see how it feels. Yeah. And see if we can get into the habit of just bring your own cup to fill with water when we or bring your water bottle. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that. So we um, if you <laughs> uh, I'm a pretty competitive person and I like to go kind of all or nothing. And mm-hmm. so I decided to do plastic free July. Really no plastic. I allowed um, plastic for meat because our family does eat meat. Mm-hmm. Um and otherwise we, we had no plastic. So we shopped only loose produce, which I bought, I brought my own like cloth produce bags and stuff like that. Um, we didn't buy any new, um, like cosmetics products that month. We didn't buy, we bought bamboo toothbrushes whenever our toothbrushes ran out. Um, we switched to toilet paper that was not wrapped in plastic. It's wrapped in paper, um, comes in a cardboard box. You know, we did, we really did everything that month every no ketchup packets, like literally nothing. And we did go out to eat, but we either brought, like I have little tiny, this is, this is ridiculous, but I have little <laughs> tiny stainless steel cups uh-huh. and I took them to 
um, Freebirds so we could get barbecue sauce like from the little pump yeah. thing. I don't even know if they still have that post COVID, mm-hmm. but um, and we got our little like hot sauce and those little things, and we didn't get any any plastic. I said, "Wow, a water please with no straw," and we just got used to saying it. And yeah, yeah, no plastic for a whole month. That so. is that's like. A, really incredible, but B, like, that takes so much thought process. Yeah. Um, But in such a good way, I think it's probably so enlightening. Like, when you really have to sit down and think, like, if you say no plastic, and even if you just start with, like, what you mentioned, no um, utensils, cups, that kind of stuff, it makes you really think, well, what am I spending my money on that mm-hmm. you said is not even necessary, right? So even the little things like I, everyone's guilty of wanting to go get a nice cup of coffee on the go to the office or, you know, on your way to drop your kids off to school or whatever. But A, then there's the plastic cup and B, it's cheaper and better for you just to make your cup of coffee at home. And it really doesn't take that much extra time. Right. You know, so I think it like, it's like, it snowballs into, if you think about just plastic, but then it's like, well, how can I make better decisions for myself? without right plastic and then more so for sure you know on that note most coffee shops give you a discount if you bring your own cup right people, yeah people don't realize that yeah but like starbucks even it's not that much i think at starbucks it's only 10 cents but some local coffee shops here give you 50 cents or even a dollar off your coffee mm-hmm. if you just bring your own cup yeah and so we kind of made it a rule after plastic free july there were things we let back in like blueberries just for brain health all the mm-hmm. kind of things you know my nutrition background i can't let those go for my kids but um Coffee was one of those things that's like, do we have to have coffee? Like mm-hmm. some days you might feel like, oh, I have to have my coffee, but like you don't, you don't have to. Yeah, it's kind of a luxury to go get a latte or something, or even mm-hmm. just a regular coffee at a coffee shop. But we just bring our own cups. Yeah, now. and if we don't have them, then we just say, oh well, I'll make one whenever I get home, or I just yeah. coffee's not for me today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it is interesting that you've said it. Like it goes into all those things where like, is the coffee shop coffee healthier than what I'm making at home like probably not probably this one that I just you know I brought here to you guys how I keep looking at my cup but (laughs) I just made that with heavy cream and maple syrup right it has mushroom coffee in it because I'm a weirdo who drinks mushroom coffee but love it (laughs) yeah I know uh right crowd for the mushroom coffee for sure (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but yeah that's definitely better than going and getting like a sugar loaded Right. right right something something so it is kind of that like domino effect of choosing choosing the more environmentally friendly option Mm -hmm. often is like a less toxic option and is often like a better overall health choice. And there's so, so many examples where that Mm -hmm. plays out time and again. Yeah. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit more about that of like plastic and like Mm -hmm. what, like just the negative um, impact of plastic just from a health perspective? Um, sure. From (laughs) like which one? Um, sure. There's, so there's a few, an easy one, low, low hanging fruit would be, um, plastic containers that we all are like putting leftovers in and things like that, or Mm -hmm. plastic plates and cups for kids. Um, those are not, I just had this conversation of someone asked me the other day on Instagram, but, um, those are not inherently bad, especially if we already own them. Right. Mm -hmm. I think, um, whenever people jump on board the same way I was listening to um, one of y'all's podcasts recently, but like the same way it's just not sustainable for your own mental health or like your budget to go all in and just dump everything in your house all at once. When you're like, Oh, now I know all these things. And now we have to like get rid of everything that has 
more than four ingredients. Like, no, you <laughs> yeah. don't. Yeah. You don't have to do that. It's the same thing with plastic. Like if you already own, let's say, um, this woman who was asking me questions owned plastic lunch boxes for her kids. And she said, Hey, I'm looking at stainless steel ones. What are your recommendations? And I was like, well, what are you packing for your kids? So plastic is, um, one of those materials that can be toxic and really the, the biggest problem with plastic is that it's petroleum based and it's end of life. It just breaks down into microplastic and is just super harmful for the environment, the way that it breaks down. Mm-hmm. Sure. But the other problem health wise and with food is that plastic leaches. Um, so we all have heard BPA, which is just bisphenols. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a whole class of chemicals. And so now whenever we go into a store and we see something that's like BPA free, well, it probably has BPS, which is actually just worse. Um, so <laughs> what, what scientists have done is they've just, they've taken this class of bisphenols and they're like, all right, people know about BPA. Do those BPS. Like once they find out about that, we'll just use a different bisphenol. Right. 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 And each bisphenol that we're changing to is actually just a little bit more harmful for human health. And the way that those are activated, when you see the BPA free kids plates or cups or water bottles or whatever it is, um, really that potential, that, that specific chemical is activated by heat. Mm -hmm. Heat is a really big one. Um, so my mom used to always be like, don't leave your plastic water bottles in your car. The sun is going to heat them up and like blah, blah, blah. And I used to roll my eyes at her and it turns out she was right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but two things we can stay away from are heat and acid. So don't microwave food on a plastic plate. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. put hot leftovers into your plastic containers. If you, if you can save for it budget wise, some glass containers mm-hmm. are just they're going to last forever. We got some when we got married and we're still using the same ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the good Pyrex ones, not the cheap knockoffs So the good Pyrex ones. They don't really break easily. Right. Um, mm-hmm. we haven't broken hardly any of them. Um, they last forever and they're all nice sizes and the lids fit and all that kind of stuff. And the, the plastic ones, they don't hold up. Yeah. Um, and they, they do leach. So they also leach for like acidic, um, things. So even if you had, let's say, um, you opened a can of tomato sauce, but you only needed half of it. I would not store the rest of a can of tomato sauce in a plastic container. Like mm. just save your jars from stuff. Use glass whenever you can because it's non-porous. So um, glass is not going to let anything into that material. You can see really easily that plastic is porous whenever you, we've all seen spaghetti put into something plastic and yes. then it's like orange. dyed yeah. red and orange or something. And if you heat it up, then it gets like all the little bubbles and the orange, like whatever bubbled off you're eating right <laughs> in right. there. Right. So, um, staying away from heat and staying away from acid. And that, that really includes also putting your plastic dishes in the dishwasher where they get super, super heated up mm-hmm. right to that sanitizing heat level. Um, so we really want to stay from away from, putting hot foods on plastic, microwaving plastics, um, and even, unfortunately, this is a sad one, dishwashing plastics. Yeah. Glass and metals. Yep. Way to go. And I don't think, this is not to say throw out all of your plastic stuff because we do have, um, for example, like trail mix or like dried fruit or something that's in a plastic container in our house. Or when we go on trips, Mm -hmm. I'll cut up like an apple and I can pass it back to the kids in the back seat in a I don't know, like an old sour cream container or something like that. Right. But I'm not making a habit of like storing food long time and sure. definitely never, never hot food in the plastic. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. Cause I think that's just really good information just to start your process of trying to avoid plastic is 
those those simple little tips. So that's mm-hmm. really helpful. Yeah. So after you started with Plastic Free July, what was one of the next big things you and your family tackled? Like, did you do like, Ooh. I don't even know what another version of it is <laughs> like. That was pretty. Re- recycle August or something. I don't know. But uh, Oh, gosh. What did we do? So I think what happened at the end of Plastic Free July is we were like, okay, what is, because you, you said it right earlier, like it, it is very challenging to try sure. to completely avoid plastic at all costs. Um, I didn't use any sort of frozen vegetables or frozen fruit again for like three years oh. because I didn't want to buy the plastic. Right. So I kind of yeah. went a little, a little hardcore um, and yeah, and went that way. But really what happened was it's pretty easy to not like buy new shampoo and buy new toothpaste and buy new, like whatever all in one month, because chances are you're not running out. Right. Um, but what happened after that plastic free July was we sat down and talked and we were like, what are the plastic things that we were buying that we can bring back in? Mm-hmm. And so some of that was like the stuff like blueberries and um, meat is obviously allowed. And and now we kind of have this little like hybrid house where like everything isn't perfect because nobody's house is perfect of like bringing in things that are unpackaged. Um, but then once we started to run out of things, like I, I did run out of, you know, body wash. I was using body wash in like a squeezy tube. Right. And it was like, do I need that or can I use a bar of soap? And I hadn't looked at bars of soap maybe ever in my life because yeah. we grew up as like the Bath and Body Works generation. So yeah. We, were, yeah. we were always using like some sort of um, body wash, but I, I switched to like bar soap. Mm-hmm. And it turns out bar soap lasts a heck of a lot longer. It really does. Mm-hmm. Than body wash does. And yeah. it often has maybe a third of the ingredients or less. Yeah. Right? Um, and so it's a lot easier from that health and non-toxic standpoint to go and find these things that are packaged in aluminum and packaged in glass stuff like that. And some of the bathroom stuff has been harder to do. Sure. Um, I finally found a toothpaste that's packaged in glass, little toothpaste tabs mm-hmm. um, versus doing a squeezy tube. Um, but yeah, we kind of just evaluated each choice as it came up. Yeah. It turns out there's a lot of choices that you make in your house of things mm-hmm. that you're bringing in and you don't realize mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. Um, until until something runs out and then you're like, oh, do I actually want to keep using this certain brand of face wash, sunscreen, right. whatever it is, or is there something better? And sometimes there's not, sure. um, but sometimes there is. And yeah. so we just looked at every choice as it, as it started coming up. Yeah. So you also talk about, I know, um, your Instagram is so fun to follow along with and just recently was Amazon prime day. And you also <laughs> talk about, and I love that. And I want to bring this up specifically because I agree with this. You, um, you talk about, do you actually even need to buy it? Right. Like just because there's two whole days of quote, great deals. Yeah. Granted, if you're trying to save up to buy a new crock pot and you know, you can get it like $50 off or something, then like, I think there's a, there is some value if there's an item you've been wanting and saving for by like, talk to us about your, um, thought process when it comes to like, you talk about fast fashion and buying just on sales just to buy and from the eco-friendly standpoint of all that too. <laughs> Y'all said we only had 40 minutes. <laughs> uh, we can go longer. We can yeah. go longer. Okay, so mm. let's talk about it. Because cons- I think a lot of people don't consumerism. think. Consumerism. Consumerism. I don't yeah, think people think of it, it from this perspective. Uh, where to start? So let's start at Prime Day. Um, you know, we... I will preface this by saying this isn't to shame anyone who shops through Amazon because often our budgets are wildly different and 
I recognize that I have a certain certain privilege and that I can choose where I shop from and often spend more in order to support the values that I hold. Mm -hmm. So that being said, I know that there are circumstances where people really do have a certain amount of dollars and that's where the dollars need to go. Sure. Okay. So, um, does Amazon need more of our money? No. (laughs) Uh, so Amazon is a huge, huge, huge polluter in like so many ways. I think the, um, amount of carbon that they let out in 2021 was the equivalent of like, I can't, I can't even remember. I don't want to, I don't want to say a wrong stat and then be like, what? Um, Mm. but when I looked at it, it was like not even an offsetable amount of carbon, even though they put everywhere that they're trying to be, um, sustainable and buy carbon credits and all those kind of things. Um, but buying carbon credits isn't the same as actually just reducing your impact on the earth. Um, And Amazon has no plans in reducing their impact on the earth. None. Because Mm -hmm. their business model is to sell more things and make more money. Mm -hmm. Um, And the way that they do that, um, and and this holds true for fast fashion as well, and we can like talk about that really specifically, but the way that Amazon and fast fashion do this is they have gamified shopping. Mm -hmm. So there is always something, if you log on to your Amazon account, there's something that's suggested for you. It might not be even something that you knew existed. Right. What a cool little kitchen gadget that does this exact one very specific thing for this <laughs> yeah. problem that you didn't know you had until you looked at the kitchen gadget. And yeah. it's only $9.95. And like, isn't that great? Um, and it's on sale for $7.95. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's made out of plastic and it's probably gonna break in two months. Um so oh gosh, it's just such a multifaceted thing. But but for me and for our family. There is, it's really, for me, I look at, at two things. I look at what's, what's the environmental cost Mm -hmm. to this new thing being created, made, shipped to me and what happens to it at its end of life. Is it something that's compostable? I can bury in my backyard and it breaks down. Mm -hmm. Um, things you're ordering on Amazon or not. Mm-hmm. Um, is it something that's actually truly going to be recycled? Is it something that's going to last my whole lifetime? That's what I, that's what I really try to spend my money on. Save mm-hmm. it up. I'm a big budgeter. I use YNAB for anybody who's also a big budgeter. Um, so we, I'm the budget person in our family and I set categories and we budget and we really save and we do without. I lived, we moved at the end of 2020 and we lived with the whole front house of our half of our house empty for a solid 18 to 24 months Mm -hmm. because we didn't have the budget for those pieces. And also I hadn't found them secondhand. It was really important to me to buy secondhand versus Mm -hmm. like being like, is this company ethical enough? Like, no, I just want to buy something that's already created because that's a less environmental impact. Um, And then the second thing that I look at is what's the human cost of Mm -hmm. this thing. Um, And, and there is a human cost both in the manufacturing of and in the end of life of especially fast fashion, but all of these things that we're buying that we might not need. Um, so yeah, for, for prime day, it's just a, a, it's just a way to get us to spend more money and really 
currently in our economic environment, do we all need to spend more money? Like probably not. Um, <laughs> yeah. And do we really need the tiny little kitchen thing? Like probably no, you were just using a regular spatula before you saw that little seven ninety five invention. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's looking at what we already have. Um, can you reuse something you have? Can you find something secondhand? That's what I, that's what I try to look at first. And I, I want to, I want to go back to like the three R's and all of that in a little bit, but mm-hmm. on the fast fashion front, there's a, there's a huge human cost to buying fast fashion. And, um, if you don't know what fast fashion is, it is a, it's the new, <laughs> well, it's not that new, I guess. H&M has been around for a while, but, um, it is how it is companies who are producing clothing at a rate that is more than seasonal. Mm-hmm. So previously clothing was made in seasons. Like you might have a winter collection of something like think about when we were kids and there were like JC Penney catalogs. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And we saw like a spring collection come out and all these girls are wearing like their shoulder pads with the floral prints. And then there was like a <laughs> summer collection, right? Uh-huh. Like, that kind of used to be the thing. And then companies realized like, oh, okay, well we can split that in half. Let's do six weeks. Every six weeks we'll release more clothes and people will be excited because it's a new style. Um, and then it just became more and more frequent. And now we have brands like Shein and H&M and Zara and Forever 21. And any, any of those things that you can picture in your head, you walk into the mall or you order online and it is cheap. It's mm-hmm. so cheap that you might say, oh, I don't, I don't even know how, how they could make an $8 dress. Yeah. Cause how, cause how are they making the $8 dress? Um, and so these, these companies who are churning out clothes at such a fast rate and making us think that we need the new style the next day, cause there's a new style the next day on mm-hmm. Shein. They do a drop every single day. Um, that's not sustainable in, in any way, shape or form. Right. Um, but what are the things that are sacrificed when you're doing something so quickly? I mean, any of us who have ever rushed through any task in our whole lives mm-hmm. know that there's something that's sacrificed when you try to do something really fast that maybe you should have just taken your time on. Mm -hmm. So quality is um, impacted. You know, I'm thinking about whenever I try to like make breakfast really fast for my kids because they're whining or something, I end up like burning my arm because I'm trying to like move things around or somebody's running past me, you know, all those things. Um, And so quality is impacted for sure. But then also the human costs that I've been talking about, the, the people who are working in these factories and being asked to make upwards of 500 garments a day, oh my gosh. a day, um, and being paid like 10, 10 cents or five cents per garment. Um, which is not something anyone in the global North, mm-hmm. we who have wealth and privilege and you know, all those things, we would never expect anyone who lives here to do that. And yet we're happily, um, you know, supporting these companies who are, mm-hmm basically exploiting these women. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is primarily women who are working in these factories. And so, um, I, when I'm, when I'm making a decision about something that I purchase, our, our dollars are a vote. Yes. So my dollars always a vote. I'm sure you, I think you guys have talked about yeah. that before. Yeah. I know we talked about it in person before. Um, but you're, you're voting. If you're voting for organic produce, then that's a vote. You're voting for more farms to do that thing. Mm-hmm. And if you are voting for fast fashion, then you are voting for um, factories that aren't safe. Factories yeah. who aren't paying fair wages, who don't have air conditioning or heat or who don't pay for health care benefits or whatever. But whenever I 
choose a company that has all their factory information online, that I am, I am making a choice that aligns with my own ethics Mm -hmm. and I can see a company that aligns with me. And, um, that's my, that's my vote that I'm choosing. Um, so yeah, when it comes, when it comes to prime day and when it comes to, I think this week was also a Nordstrom sale, Mm -hmm. which I, I don't, I don't shop at Nordstrom, so I can't claim to know all of the brands that are represented, but I can tell you by their business model that that there's no way that it's hundred percent ethical brands. Um, I am thinking to myself, does that align? Does it align with my budget? Right. And, and then does it align with my own ethics in that I, I want to choose companies that are empowering other people and not taking advantage of other people. And Mm -hmm. I think having an Amazon prime day, where Amazon workers are forced to work 20 hours minimum of overtime during the, during the Amazon week, during one of the hottest weeks of the year. Um, hopefully, hopefully it doesn't get hotter than this. You're right. <laughs> um, you know, and, and we have the fast fashion where, you know, and, and not to mention at the end of life, because how often are people wearing your, if you get a, a shirt for $4, likely you don't value it as much as a shirt you pay $40 for. Right. Right. Because 100%. that's, yeah. That's just what people do. You value the things that you pay more money for. Um, then we just think, oh, like, oh, well, we can donate it or it's not a big deal. I'll just toss it. Um, but that that trash has to go somewhere and the 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 donations have to go somewhere, too. And they they end up back in the global south and it ends up just as a pollution, a trash problem for people who aren't here and mm-hmm. for people who have less resources than the people who purchased the clothing in the first place. Um, so. I tried to be a little succinct about that, but that's, yeah, no. I mean, that's kind of in a nutshell, my, um, yeah. it's like a, it's an ethical and an environmental problem, which, which ends up for me kind of being intertwined Sure, for oh. how, how I feel about just yeah the, the earth, the one planet that we have to live on that seems to support human life already yeah. by itself. Yeah. Um, and, and the people who live on it because yeah. just because they live in Bangladesh or in Ghana doesn't mean that they aren't moms and mm-hmm. children's and dads and aunts and uncles and people. Like, exactly. Yeah. No, exactly. And I think like, I wanted to bring that up because I know you talk about that a bunch because you always share companies that, um, especially like clothing companies that you support that are doing ethical, sustaining, like ethical practices, eco-friendly practices and so many things. And I know like, I mean, I can pretty much guarantee because honestly, even me up until like a year or two ago, I never viewed it from that perspective, right? Like I could, like I've been viewing things from a, is this good ingredients for my body to have in my home, to be around my family, that kind of thing. And then like, I think everyone has a desire to want to always try to be eco-friendly, but when you don't know and you're not like, it's not taught to anybody from a young age, unless like you have a friend or a family member that's teaching you, but like nine times out of 10, like at school, I mean, there might be like a recycle bin for your soda cans, (laughs) you know? So it's like, Oh, that's great. (laughs) Um, yeah. So it's just like, I think it's, it was an eye opener for me, like after following your Instagram for a bit, thinking of it even more so from the ethical standpoint. And like you said, the ethical environmental, I feel like tend to end up going hand in hand too. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I thought it was really valuable for people to maybe put a twist on what they're thinking too. Yeah. Yeah. Companies who, who care about one tend to care about the other or or all Mm -hmm. of it. Right. Like there's not a lot of companies. Well, hold on. (laughs) I will back up. 
have you guys talked about greenwashing before, just in general? On your no, we no, we haven't. I mean, we there, can chat about it. There are sure. companies who are who are doing the greenwashing, and I mean, y'all are y'all are all about telling the truth. So H and M is a big one of those. They're mm-hmm. like, look at our organic line, guys. Yeah. Look at it. We have organic cotton, um, and that's cool. That's pretty cool. Uh-huh. Um, who made it? Yeah. Who made it? Um, there's not transparency in the thing. So um, there is a trend of taking these buzzwords that companies know consumers want. Yep. They they know that consumers are trending towards like non-toxic or healthy or organic or sustainable. And mm-hmm. sustainable has become this big buzzword and I don't even like to use it anymore because so many people are using it incorrectly and just like mm-hmm. as a marketing term instead of mm-hmm. a real yeah. a real term sure. um but yeah H&M using organic cotton for a very small percentage of the clothing that they drop that often ends up in landfills and beaches and all those kind of things um it's just one of those things where it's like hey hey but we're not like them yeah. we're not making stuff out of polyester which if you didn't know polyester is just petroleum based um it's it's organic cotton, but like who was who was farming that organic cotton? Right. And right. what were the farming systems used? Like, how, what's the water? <laughs> Where? What are all of those things? Were they family farms? Did you pay those people well? Do you own those farms and you're not paying them well? Are you allowing those people to buy stake in the company? What's what's happening? What's mm-hmm. happening through the entire supply chain? And the the truth is that these bigger companies who are just trying to flash something in our faces so that we look towards the organic cotton um, are distracting us from the fact that they're not giving us transparency everywhere else. Yeah. Um, And the same thing happens on, you know, baby lotion bottles when there's a little green pasture and a white lamb and it says hypoallergenic and Mm -hmm. all natural. And then you flip it over and it's like, it's none of those things. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, But there's just, you know, the regulation isn't there and, Mm -hmm. um, it, it's just a it's a game it's a marketing game oh yeah. just for like, sure just like any any other industry um so it just it just takes diving in mm-hmm. yeah. to ask questions yeah and I think so much of this is just about convenience you know it's just what's convenient to um to to consume like you know mm. you know marketing like especially going back to the plastic thing like oh it's convenient just to grab that plastic utensil or it's just convenient to to grab that you know, bag wrapped in plastic, whatever that's cause it's right there readily available, but just being a little bit more conscious of like what other options are out there that aren't the ones that are at the top of the marketing camp, like that, that don't have that biggest marketing campaign. I think it's just something to remember. Like we talk about that with food, like the food that's really good for you. Like you don't see a, a commercial. Flashy. Yeah. It's yeah. all flashy. You don't see a, you know, really fancy ad about eating an apple. Well, cause you know, every, right. yeah, yeah, it's, the Doritos have paid millions of dollars for a Super Bowl commercial. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I think the same thing goes with, um, the sustainability aspect of this as well. And the clothing, like the big clothing companies that have a lot of money have the marketing money to like do these fancy ads and to change over, you know, styles like every four, 24 hours, like you were saying. So it's just like convenience isn't, you know, and, and, and life in general, convenience isn't the answer, you know, like you've right. got to put the time and energy. And I think yeah. just educating yourself is like where the, you know, the power and the um, opportunity for change and, you know, to have a positive impact in the world. So yeah. Yeah. all that is just really important. Yeah, I think um, 
companies are really smart in that they know that convenience is, I mean, convenience is huge just to humans, right? Like, oh, yeah. yeah, I will choose whatever drink is closest to me right now. Like, right. <laughs> because it's yeah. just a tiny bit more convenience out of six inches. Right. Um, and yeah, the convenience factor for, for any purchasing packet power mm-hmm. that people have. Um, but then the, the other thing is Americans are pretty big on FOMO too. So mm-hmm. yeah. And oh, the, yeah. the internet and the influencer culture and social media and all of that has made it seem like, all these other people have their houses perfectly put together. And if mm-hmm. I don't order that rug and make sure that my curtains are perfectly matched and like blah, 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 then I'm behind. Right. And it's right. the same right. thing with those fast fashion drops. Like, Oh, well that was last week's fashion. And now I don't need to be wearing those overalls. I need mm-hmm. like, I don't know why overalls came back, but like all <laughs> and Crocs. Oh my yeah. gosh. But like all, all of those things, Mm-hmm. companies are just like, Oh yeah, you, you will be missing out if you don't have this thing. Yeah. And then also here it is in all of these places. Right. Mm-hmm. It's so convenient to get to just, just click right here or mm-hmm. just right. blah, blah, blah. Um, or free returns. It's so convenient. Like, yeah. All, all those returns go to landfill. Right. Mm-hmm. All the returns go to landfill. Yeah. Um, they do not. Amazon does not deal with returns. You guys, mm-hmm. they, they don't, they have that. It is more costly for Amazon to get a return, unpackage it, have someone examine it and say, oh, are all the pieces here? Did they take out any of the little things? Is it in good condition? Okay, yes, it is. Great. Now let's go reshelve it in this, like, how like how big are their warehouses? Like five acres or something. Right. Yeah. Let's go reshelve it really quick on aisle B17. Well, and no, that takes way too much money. It costs them labor. It costs them time. And if Amazon is big on anything... It is time and profits. Mm-hmm. They they pride themselves on being fast, and it's a lot faster for them to get all of their returns, and they outsource them to a separate warehouse where people can go and buy them. They have big days where you just, like, can run in and, like, buy five blenders that people have taken back or, like, whatever, and some people try to resell those things, which is great, mm-hmm. and whatever doesn't happen, it goes to a landfill. So, yeah. Whenever you order five pairs of shoes just because you want to see or you're ordering six colors of the same shirt because you think you might want to, but you're going to send the other four back. They're not they're not getting reshelved for somebody else to buy again. So, I mean, that's the other piece with online shopping just in general is be really conscious of what you may not need out of the things that you actually do need because they're probably not going to go to someone else. For sure. For sure. Um, so give us some tips since we start with plastic and like food stuff was what you talked about first. Give us some tips as far as like if someone's like listening to this today and going, yeah, I don't do anything at all. That's any <laughs> remotely eco-friendly. And I, but I want to start somewhere because it can't like we talk about, you can't like go throw out your entire pantry and start from zero. Right. Like yeah. there. And like you said, you don't like if you already own plastic cups, like you know, if, especially if you're on a budget, don't go throw everything away and go buy something new, like, you know, do it one step at a time. But what are maybe some like three to five tips when it comes to like general household items or food, whichever you want to break down that people could be aware of and probably try to take away today to start that journey? Yeah, I think um, also selfishly asking. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so many tips, so little time. I know. Um, you know, I think a, a big one is we've touched on this like consumerism Mm -hmm. culture and there are definitely things that households need. And there are definitely things that we think we need in our household that maybe we don't. Sure. Um, so I, 
where I like to tell people to start is to look at the, you know, the little recycling symbol and it often says like reduce, reuse, recycle around mm-hmm. it. And that's like super cute and it's a good marketing thing. Um, I think a, a good place to start is actually just reducing. Like mm-hmm. when you are thinking about buying something or if you're looking around your home, like often we can actually just reduce the amount of items we own. We can reduce the amount of new things that we're bringing in. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause often we don't need them. Yeah. Um, and we can reuse the things that we have. Um, and I don't even want to touch on recycle. So we can repair things that break. So um, my blender just broke. That was actually like a real <laughs> My blender broke. Um, and I want to see if I can repair it. And I think it's going to take, I've lived part of the summer now without my blender, which is a bummer because like yeah. smoothies are pretty good in the summer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nice and cold, and my kids actually really like smoothies in the summer. They don't like them in the winter, which makes sense. Like it's just not a, mm-hmm. a wintery food. Um, but it's going to take me waiting mm-hmm. until the next time I see my brother, so that we can both take it apart together and see if something just needs to be like soldered on the inside or like whatever. I don't know. He's mm-hmm. the engineer, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's going to take waiting. And yeah. then the next thing is there's an R for this, and I don't know what it is, but just like buying something secondhand. Mm-hmm. So a really good budget and environmental and human impact is just buying something secondhand. And you, there is nothing that is new in the world today that you cannot find secondhand and secondhand doesn't mean there's someone in my life who I have requested to buy secondhand things for my Mm -hmm. kids. And her vision of secondhand is that it's garage sale and it's has holes in it and it's been used and it's stained and it's, Smells like someone else and whatever. Do you know how much secondhand stuff I've gotten that's never been used? Yeah. It's like has the original tags on it. It's like in the original shrink wrap or whatever. Often people just like, like we've been talking about, they buy something and then they let it sit around their house and they're like, I didn't actually need this. Right. They put it on Facebook marketplace or they do have a garage sale or they put it on Poshmark or Mm -hmm. whatever. Any of the secondhand sites, eBay, Mm -hmm. for goodness sake. I don't know if people still use Craigslist, but yeah. the other sites they definitely do use and you can find anything. So it's like reducing the amount of new things that we're creating demand for. Sure. Because the more that we buy new, the more that companies make more new things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then as far as that wasn't exactly answering your tip, but I just no. need to make sure. No, it is a good tip. Like just like thinking about what is yeah. in your house. And, so, and so a lot of that is just a lesson in patience. I mean, we really did wait a long time and now I have. In our, in our house, for example, just furnishing, we waited a really long time until I could find everything secondhand Facebook Marketplace. And I mean everything from the lug, the, the lug, the light fixture to the rug, combine those. Mm-hmm. Um, I got secondhand. I got a vintage wedding cake light fixture on what? Facebook Marketplace. We were in Austin anyway, and I just met up with this girl in a Home Depot parking lot. And she had another one she was selling. I got two for the price of one. We're putting the other one in somewhere else, but it doesn't matter. Anyway. But you can get mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. We got a vintage like Chesterfield style leather sofa for like five hundred bucks. Yeah. And can you buy a new like ethically made leather sofa for five hundred bucks? No. No. You can maybe buy one for five thousand. Yeah. Um. But I did wait for like a year. Once sure. I decided which couch I wanted, I just had to wait for one to pop up. Yeah. And for somebody to not snag it before me and all those kind of things. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. You can we can get all the things secondhand, but. It does come with like 
things not being exactly perfect. Or Mm -hmm. if you're trying to build out your closet and you want a capsule wardrobe and you really just feel like you need a black cardigan, like you can, we can find a black cardigan Mm -hmm. secondhand. Yeah. There There are shops in town. There are shops everywhere. There's Poshmark. There's all those things. And even if you don't find the perfect one day one of shopping, guess what? It'll show up. Yeah. <laughs> It'll show yeah. up eventually. Yeah. So it's like, it's just waiting for those things and realizing that we don't have to have everything as quickly as we think we need to have them. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you need food every day. Sure. But like the, the things that are the other things that we're buying in our lives, we don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it goes back to like convenience, like what we were talking yeah. about earlier. Like you're like, oh, I really want a new couch. Well, yeah, the easy thing to do is to get in your car and yeah. go down to the furniture store and within an hour, boom, you have a new couch. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like. I, to me also, like, to me, this is such a, I've also entered a new season of life because I like ditched my W2, which we've talked about on this, but yeah, I'm being more budget conscious and I wanted to be anyway for other reasons other than the fact that I don't have a steady income at the moment, but it's like you end up half the time. I'm like, okay, well, I really want X. Well, I'm going to like budget for it and wait for it and look for it and, you know, maybe buy secondhand. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, I actually really don't even need that. And so just add like giving yourself a few days to just think on it more. Sometimes you're just like, yeah, I just don't need that. Or look, I found a, a replacement that works for what I'm needing for whatever. Because how long have you lived without that thing before you thought you needed the thing? Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You've already been living without it. So what's like a couple more days or a couple more weeks or right. a couple months? Like right. in the grand scheme of things, it's not that long. And yeah. And sometimes really it just takes like putting something in your cart mm-hmm. to like get the butt. Like, oh, I think I really want some new shoes. And then you like put them in your car and you look at them you're like, Oh, do I really want to spend a hundred dollars on shoes? Like, I don't know. I'll look at it tomorrow. And then tomorrow becomes the next day. And then you didn't spend the money and you yeah. still don't have the shoes and you're, and, and you're, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Fine. and yeah. you keep going. Yeah. So yeah, that's fine. Um, as far as like little changes that people can make, um, I really think it is just, uh, looking, looking at each choice as they come up. So mm-hmm. I, I really don't think it's like, today look around your house and see if we can find these things and sure. get rid of these. Like I'm not a, well, I do like to declutter, but I'm not like <laughs> yeah. one of those kind of people. Um, but it is like the next time that you're running out of dishwasher detergent, like really think about, okay, I've been using this brand that comes in this plastic bottle forever. Does it work really, really well? Okay. Yes. Is there an alternative that works really, really well that comes in less plastic or no plastic mm-hmm. or, um, and, and what does that look like there? I think there's a lot of things that we just assume have to be plastic mm-hmm. right before or, or whatever, before we look at maybe there's not only an option that doesn't come in plastic, but maybe an option that's unpackaged completely, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it's not even that it comes in cardboard. It's that you can get it like, I don't know, like farm patch has loose mushrooms. So yeah. you don't have to get them in plastic or anything. You just bring your own bag. Um, so yeah, it's like looking at each choice and, and another thing I would say is find, I don't I don't want to say one, find two to four or mm-hmm. five resources of people who you think share your values mm-hmm. and who are maybe like one step ahead of you. So it's really easy to go, you can go on Instagram, you can search hashtag zero waste and you can find some people who are living so zero waste, meaning they're not creating any type of trash that they put all their trash for a whole year in a little Mason jar. And, (laughs) and that's, that's so far away from where most people are starting. Right. Um, most Americans are filling up an entire trash can that's overflowing 
every single week. Right. Um, yeah. So to go from that to the mason jar seems like so, so unattainable. Yeah. That you're like, all right, well, good for them. And then you might go away. So I think one good tip would be to find someone who is maybe living a similar life to yours, but is and is on a similar journey, but it's just like one step ahead. Mm-hmm. Then you can be like, oh, okay, well, she just started buying her toilet paper from a place where the toilet paper gets delivered and it's wrapped in paper. That actually, that would be convenient for me because now I don't have to walk around the grocery store with half of my cart, this giant plastic thing. Yeah. <laughs> and also maybe now this toilet paper has less chemicals in it because it's not bleached for whitening and it's not, it doesn't have softening at, agents added. You know, it's that, that same overlap of like environmental non-toxic health Mm-hmm. is going together then you've just made one choice mm-hmm. and you message that person you're like hey where did you get that toilet paper and she's like oh i order it from this company here's code for ten dollars off like whatever yeah um and then you can just make those decisions as they mm-hmm. come up versus thinking you have to go all or nothing because nobody is nobody's gonna wake up tomorrow and run a marathon right, right? exactly you're gonna absolutely crash out somewhere <laughs> yeah depending on your training level like somewhere between mile one and ten probably most people are not they're just not gonna make it that far right and to think that you're gonna wake up tomorrow morning and absolutely not create any trash and make the most perfect ethical decisions is just it's not realistic so mm-hmm. the next time that you're going to purchase click around on the website see if they have an faq see if they have an about us See if it says where their stuff is made. See if it says if they've considered where their clothing or their products are going to go at their end of life. Is it landfill bound? Have they changed the way that they design things so that it is truly, you know, municipally recyclable? Because Mm -hmm. we all know, like, number five plastics don't don't ever, ever get recycled. Um, Ones and twos, you know, sometimes do now. Um, So really looking at all those things before you click and it does take extra work to go and find that on a website or, um, you know, at a store flipping it over and seeing what's, what's extra on the label. Do they have a little B Corp certification? I kind of give them an extra point. Um, you know, a benefit corporation that, that is really doing well for people and planet. Um, and that's, you know, that's where I'd start one, one step at a time and really find, Find someone and then find find a few people. You can find a, a varying, you know, amount of people and you can look at like the very top of the top, the people that have the Mason Dar trash cans and be like, someday I'm going to be close to them. Yeah. <laughs> They're making their own bread. They have their garden. They like only shop secondhand and the they only, you know, do whatever. Mm-hmm. They're making their own clothes and like out of scrap fabric that they found and the like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um <laughs> But you, you can follow those people, but then follow a, an array. I, you know, I'm just speaking to people who are on social media and just assuming that all of us are at this point. But yeah, step away from the people who are influencing you, who you find that they're influencing you to purchase more. Mm-hmm. Just just mute them for a while. You don't have yeah. to unfollow a whole bunch of people um, and see how you feel. See if that desire to purchase more goes down. Um, mm-hmm. and then And then see once we're following some people who who are making choices that align with whatever your ethical, you know, I don't know, mantras are Yeah, (laughs) like, see if, see if that is helping you to take pause and to really think about the ingredients in your things, where they're coming from. Yeah. The cost of the environment. Yeah. For for each item. Yeah. No, I think that's all really helpful Mm because you know, that's what the thing that we talk about here on the podcast a lot is that change is easier when you're not alone. So I love that you mentioned just finding people that are a couple steps ahead of you to like, you know, 
use as your resource to kind of pick their brains, you know, f- see what little steps that they have made and try to apply those to your life. Cause it, it is so much easier just having someone to kind of help guide you and support you. And I think also just with everything, the people that you surround yourself with, um, are going to influence, you know, how you live life. And so if mm-hmm. you're surrounding yourself that are with people that are going to be more conscious about, the, the food that they're eating and the types of products that they're purchasing and the companies that they're supporting like that, that's going to influence you. So just, you know, keeping that in mind, I think is, is yeah. really helpful. So. Yeah. And I think if you're com- like, you mentioned you're a competitive spirit um, and I can relate to that. I think even if you like find some kind of like 30 day challenge, like you said, you did plastic free July or, and like you said, you can do various levels of that, right? Like if you're, you can do a no spend. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can do. I mean, you can do any sort of yeah. challenge. You could do. I have some friends who did. Um, in the last couple of years, they've done no new clothes for the year, and they had. I mean, you can set up your own parameters. It's your game, right? Like right. You're competing against yourself, or if you want to make if it's something that aligns well with like your group of friends, or maybe like your mom and your siblings, or whoever, and and you like making it into a game. I mean, th- these companies are making shopping into a game. Like let's make not shopping into a game. Right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> Why not? Sure. Um, but you can make it your own thing. Like if you know that if you're a runner and you know, midway through the year, you're going to need new running shoes because mm-hmm. that's the healthiest choice for your feet. Like you shouldn't keep running on crappy shoes. Like that's not, <laughs> that's not good for your feet. Right. Or if you know that at some point during the year or your, your month or your challenge, like whatever it is, you need new underwear. Like you allow yourself, you put down on the paper, like by July, I will have, found an organic ethical underwear brand that aligns with this and this. And I am allowed to purchase this many pairs. Like, I don't know. It's an example, Mm but not to, you don't need to be, I don't know. You don't have to like make yourself into a martyr and like (laughs) live with nothing. Exactly. Um, but it, but it is interesting to see when we say no to some things, Mm -hmm. it it often does honestly open up space for other things, both budget wise and brain space wise. And, Right. Anxiety wise, if you're not constantly thinking you have to purchase new things. Right. Right. And that's kind of, we, we talk about, um, we just did our, um, summer mini food series in June. And we talk about like with food, how you, if you, instead of restricting, you like crowd out like a crowding out mindset. So instead of going, oh my gosh, I can never have a cookie again. Well, it's like, well, no, today I want to make sure I get like plants and, you know, good meat and good veggies and stuff like that. I think you can correlate that over into, um, all this as well, because it's like, instead of just going, oh my gosh, I'm never allowed to buy new tennis shoes again. Like, well, no, but can we, can you like, everyone needs a good pair of tennis shoes, but like you said, but what? do you need 13 pairs like today? No, no, no but like, could we really search and really find yeah. like one good, good pair, pair instead of like, oh, I'm just going to buy these cause they're 20 bucks. But then, oh, uh, after I worked out for a week, I realized they hurt my feet. And right. now my knees are kind of hurting, so I'm just going to buy another pair, and they're also 20 bucks. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, right. you you really do get what you paid for. So Exactly. By the time that you go through a bunch of 20 or $30 or $40, whatever, pairs of shoes, then you get to the end of it, and you're like, oh, man, had I just gone into the running store and gotten specialized shoes? I don't right. know why we're using this example. I don't run. But, like, but really, it's it's one of those areas where, like, quality can really matter. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I yeah. mean, when you're going miles on your feet, it affects all of your joints, like, from your feet all the way up, your ankles, your hips, your knees, like, all those things. Yeah. Um, and it turns out you should have just spent $140 right. versus buying right. all those shoes. But then exactly. what do you do with with all the crappy shoes. Yeah. Yeah. You're donating them. Yeah. And they're going to landfill in Africa. Uh, yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. So yeah, I think this is just, I mean, Debbie Downer. I know not Debbie Downer at all. Like this is just so, I mean, this is why we wanted you on because this is a part of life. Not many people I think on a day-to-day basis think about, right? Like from an eco standpoint, from a, like the average, the average human, I would say. Now, yes, there's a whole, um, community of people like yourself and a million people I'm sure you know of and stuff. And what Caitlin and I are aspiring to be, but like, Unless you grow up in a household that puts it forward facing, like you don't, it's not put in front of your face. Just like we said, there's not advertising for apples and fruits and vegetables on TV every other day, but there is for Doritos and Coca-Cola. And so like it's, you have to like almost purposely and consciously go seek the information. Um, and so, yeah, this is why we want, because we want to help broaden people's perspectives of what is that, what's healthy for them in all aspects, right? Because like you said, if it's going to become it becomes non-toxic, it's normally also going hand in hand with some environmental friendly practices as well. Right. Um, so yeah, it's just one big happy, healthy circle <laughs> Yeah. for I you mean, and the earth. <laughs> yeah. All that stuff that has, um, I don't know. I mean, we, we already talked about like toothpaste and toilet paper and like sunscreen, all of those, all those toxic brands are often packaged in worse stuff. And when we think about end of life for the packaging, it's landfill. And when we think of end of life for the product itself, if it's getting rinsed off of us, going down the drain, whatever, mm-hmm. often those products have ingredients that are harmful for marine life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so when we switch to a better version, then we are like, we're not only helping the planet in the like packaging trash aspect, but then mm-hmm. we're helping to not send something downstream or into our water supply that's going to have to get filtered mm-hmm. out and maybe sometimes doesn't get filtered out as mm-hmm. we know with water quality. Um, or maybe we don't, and maybe that's a separate podcast we should do. But <laughs> yeah. Um, water. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's often you're getting a, a win, a win, a win, just all the way around whenever we are making these, these choices, they can yeah. be so impactful. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. Hi friends. I just want to take a quick moment and thank today's sponsor. Flash Marketing Solutions. Flash Marketing Solutions provides full service website and marketing solutions. They focus on your website so you can focus on your core business. I'll be honest with you, friends. When we first started The Gussie Truth, the idea of building a website sounded super fun, but quickly became a daunting task. But thanks to Flash Marketing Solutions, they got our website built, freeing up hours of our time to focus on the podcast. If you're ready to be Getsy and need a website for your business or blog or whatever you're hoping to do, we recommend Flash Marketing Solutions. Visit flashmarketingsolutions.com slash gutsy for more information. That's flashmarketingsolutions.com slash gutsy. And right now, all new website clients get the first year of hosting for free. Thank you so much, Flash Marketing Solutions. If you are enjoying the podcast and want to support our mission to empower and inspire people everywhere, we would love for you to consider becoming a Patreon member. By supporting us on Patreon, you are helping us to continue to create valuable content and build a supportive community for listeners like you who are choosing to live a gutsy life. Visit thegutsytruth.com slash support to learn more. So um, real quickly, can you share a couple of brands and companies that you like really value and support personally, like just so we can share those with our listeners as resources. I'm always so hesitant to do this because, um, there are often situations where we hold brands in a certain regard and then something can come out and 
say like, oh, they actually weren't testing to the standards that uh, they said yeah, they nope. were testing to. That's fair. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I mean, I already mentioned how I personally go to find ethical brands. I really mm-hmm. dig in online. Um, and unless I can find all of it, um, if I find, if I find none of it, if I go to, let's say, um, I recently, um, borrowed a shirt from someone and I really liked it. I liked how it fit. I liked the color and I was like, it's pretty good quality. Um, but I had to give it back and I was like, well, let's go see what this brand is about. And I clicked around on their website not for not for so long, but like five minutes or less, there is absolutely nothing. Yeah. Nothing about transparency, factory, anything. Um, and there are a lot of companies who are like kind of playing the line where they're like, oh, some of this stuff is organic, some of it's not. And then there's companies who are doing a little bit more like, oh, yeah, our factories are certified lead. Like, what? A, okay, well, that's cool, but what about the people in the factories? Um, so often, no, not often, always, always when a company is doing something good, they want their consumers to know about it. Mm-hmm. So if a company, um, I'll, I will give you one because I, you know, what, I'll give you two because the transparency in their supply line is some of the best. So one is called Nysolo. They make leather goods, primarily shoes, <clears throat> but I also have a belt from them. Um, small bags. It's, it's mostly shoes. They're very high quality shoes. Um, their factory is in Peru and not only do they have like stats for their factory as far as like safety, safety information, they also have online for consumers to read about what their programs are for their families. So how they're investing in education for the people who work there and also for their children. Wow. Um, they have set up bank accounts for everyone there. They make sure that every single person has their own savings account. They have they have given them financial literacy courses. Their cut, their factory is inspected every month for like blah blah blah. Um, so they have, and they make fantastic products, by the way. Like yeah. the shoes, I have um, some Hirachi sandals, and they're gonna they're gonna last my entire life. Yeah, I mean, assuming that I like take care of them. Sure, they're, they're gonna last my whole life. Yeah, and my kids could probably wear them because they're so well made. Um. So, so that's a good brand and there are B Corps. So I often look for B Corps because B Corps already have to go through a third party um, certification mm-hmm. to prove that they are um, not only not being harmful to people and planet, people who are making the things, people who are consuming the things, um, but also that they're being helpful in some way to people and planet. So I often look for B Corps. Um, another company that I would mention, and this one for whatever reason has not the specific company, but this category has, I've seen it a lot from influencer people and it's like textiles, like sheets and bedding and towels. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and this is one where people like companies have figured out that consumers really want like organic and like, um, natural, natural materials like <laughs> linen yeah. and cotton and hemp and bamboo and all of those things. Um, and it turns out all those, all those different materials are actually, harvested in different ways um and you can harvest bamboo in a way that's really sustainable it's regenerative agriculture it's great for the earth um and you can harvest cotton cotton is pretty water intensive but you can harvest cotton in an environmentally friendly way and you can do it in like a we're stripping all the nutrients out of the earth kind of way um and so there are a lot of companies that are just taking advantage of buzzwords but there is a company called um ball and branch mm-hmm. and um they are really doing regenerative farming. So 
the word sustainable is just like sustaining as is. We're going to keep doing the same things and the same things are going to keep happening and nothing's going to change. Um, but whenever humans make things, we that, that's in itself not sustainable, right? Like even if I, um, I have a garden at my house, if I just kept gardening every single year, it wouldn't be sustainable because every time that I garden, I'm taking nutrients out. Mm -hmm. So I do have to put nutrients back in if I want the same yields, if I want my tomatoes to still be healthy, all those kind of things. Otherwise, I'm eventually going to see soil quality depleted, right? Right. Mm -hmm. um, so really, like my gold standard would not be sustainable. It would be regenerative because sure. the earth has really kind of been taken advantage of by humans for the last couple hundred years. Um, and so if I see a company who is participating in regenerative agriculture, um, there's another, there's a dress brand called Christy Dawn who's doing this too, but um, mm -hmm. probably no one will buy any of the dresses new because they are hundreds and hundreds of dollars, um, <laughs> but they're using dead stock fabrics and really taking care of women in factories and things like that. But um, Ball and Branch does a really good job. They have primarily women owned farms and they are helping women who don't have any um, land actually buy their own land. And they are, they're doing this, the same type of education stuff that Nysolo does. So they're, um, they're also a B Corp. They're investing in healthcare for their, um, for the people who are actually growing the cotton. And then their factories are safe. They have factory information online and all kinds of transparency. Um, and I, I feel sure both of those brands will keep doing that. Other, otherwise, um, for women's fashion in the United States, I would recommend Able. Um, they're based out of Tennessee. It's also really women empowering. Um, they're letting women own part of that company. They're taking, um, especially women in marginalized communities and giving them, um, skills, really teaching them how to make, um, accessories, clothes, mm -hmm. jewelry, bags, things like that. And they are really, really high quality. I bought my mom an able purse a couple of years for Christmas and my mom usually just destroys purses. I have no idea how she does it, but <laughs> this one has held up like, yeah. And she, I really don't know what she does to them, but like this one's really <laughs> held up. So um, I, I don't want to give too many sure. more because. No, I think that's great. Yeah. And what I love about that too is like there's some really powerful stories behind these companies. And yeah. you don't hear that with these big, you know, chain. No, because stores. Cause their story is make money. Exactly. Make more stuff to make more money. Yeah. Yes. And so yeah. like. As cheaply as possible. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> these stories are just like it just. Again, you're voting with your dollar. So hearing these stories, knowing that your money is going towards companies that really care um, about supporting their their workers, the processes they're doing things. I think that is just, it just makes you feel better about the purchase oh, in yeah. general. Yeah. And there's a story behind it and that's a talking point. And it's a, you know, like, oh, where'd you get that? I'm like, oh, I just got it at Target, whatever. Like end of story. Like that's not a conversation starter. Like, but if I got this amazing company and here's what they're doing that, like that, that, mm -hmm. that excites people that can influence them to hopefully, you know, change their, yeah. their shopping practices. So yeah, no, I think that's great. So those are good things to look for. So I think just the takeaway from that is, you know, if they don't have anything on their website, it's probably not a great company. If they do like just research it, educate yourself, all that as well. So thank you for that. Yeah. And try to try to look past the shiny. Like yes. You can, you can tell if someone is trying to make something shinier then it should be. Yeah. Like if it seems too good to be true, read some more. Yeah. Find out some more. <laughs> read some more. Yeah. Yes. Because yes. Some, sometimes it's just so great and you're like, I cannot believe I didn't know about this company before. And sometimes you're like, wait a second, but didn't you just say over here <laughs> that you were doing this and now I see this? And it, if it doesn't add up, then click away. Yeah. There is, there is something out there 
I promise that will fit your values and your ethics. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it just takes a search. Yeah. Sure. Back Absolutely. to that patience. Yeah. Got back to patience. Yeah. And like, yeah, like we mentioned earlier, sometimes that patience yeah. leads you down to you found a better alternative. Maybe that's more budget conscious or whatever. Like, you know, I, the only example I can think of off the top of my head, if you need like a, a, a formal dress for one specific event, right? How about you? One. You do need one. <laughs> I do need one for an event in three weeks. <laughs> I do have a gold dress you could borrow. Um, <laughs> Let's talk. Yeah. But um, yeah, maybe you could like, yeah, unless you're like, some big charity foundation or whatever, you're probably not going to very many super duper formal events in your life, like the average person. And so yeah, like borrow from a friend. Like that's probably one of the best ones you could do is to, like try to borrow. Um, if, if, and then of course like secondhand and stuff, but yeah, like I don't go to many formal events, so I don't yeah. need a formal dress for much of anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. Most of us don't. Most of us don't. Well, this has been so exciting. Um, so we've got two final questions for you that we like to wrap up with every podcast every guest we have podcast guest. I was trying to combine those words. <laughs> um, so the first one is what is something gutsy you have done in your life and how did it make you feel? Um, I'll, I'll give you gutsy related to sustainability even. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think even though I'm, I'm really, <laughs> I'm outspoken in my own spaces about mm-hmm. being like, Hey y'all, this isn't made from an ethical factory. Do not purchase from blah, blah, blah brand. Yeah. Um, I find that sometimes in like conversations or especially now that I have kids who are school age, mm-hmm. um, it's a whole other, um, you know, it's just a whole other ball game when you are surrounded by often schools have their own culture and values. And mm-hmm. then you're mixing in with lots of other families who do things often lots differently than we do. Sure. Um, and so I have been more just like, well, that's what they do and that's what we do. And I, I still often do that because I'm not going to shame another family for doing something that they just don't know about often. It's sure. just ignorance. It's not that they're choosing to, I don't know, be super wasteful. Most people don't choose that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in school spaces, I realize that the only way that change happens for a school culture is whenever parents, it's the same way that whenever we choose something in the grocery store, it's like a a vote for something, Mm -hmm. but it's like parents have to say, Hey, we actually really value this thing. And the school will be like, Oh, do you? Okay, cool. Now we're going to offer this thing, whatever it is. Right. Parents have to speak up. Um, so a couple of years ago, the school my kids were at was providing snacks and I realized, I, I didn't know there was a snack calendar. I was just like, oh, okay, well, what would you have for snack today? Oh, blueberries and yogurt. Like, oh, cool. And then one day my kid came home and said, we had goldfish. And I was like, you had what? <laughs> um, I know y'all are not team goldfish either. Um, mm-hmm. And I sat on it for a little while and I was like, I got I to gotta say something. So I did what I do and I brought my research and I was really prepared for a scary conversation. And I went in and I was like, hey, goldfish isn't the best choice. And she was like, oh, okay, well, do you have an alternative? And it was so easy. It was the easiest thing. <laughs> um, and so this year I saw so much, so much glitter coming home. <laughs> and we did a fundraiser thing at my kid's school and we were in the sandbox and doing something. And... Um, there was so much glitter in the sandbox because whenever the kids are walking home with their projects from school, they often sit along the edge while they're waiting for their parents. Mm -hmm. And there was so 
so much glitter and glitter. Glitter is just microplastics yeah. and you can't ever get it back. Right. It's like, I don't know. What else is it like where you just, you can never get it back. Like if you stand up and you shake out a down pillow and it's the feathers go everywhere, you're never going to get all those feathers. Like maybe right. you could feathers are a lot bigger than glitter, but you're never going to get all the glitter back. It's right. just microplastics. Eventually it's going to rain. Those are going to go into waterways. Fish are going to eat them. And then we're going to eat them. And then we're going to live with the plastic inside of us. It's just, <laughs> it's just awful. Um, and so I finally decided this year, like there's, there's so many opportunities in a school setting mm-hmm. of, not only things that are wasteful, but things that could be potentially toxic to our kids. Sure. Um, like vinyl binders, for example. Um, and also harmful to the environment that I was like, I have to say something. So I emailed both schools and I asked for meetings <laughs> and I was like, so nervous as I was typing. And, um, the head of school of my kid's school was like, Oh yeah, sure. When can you come on Thursday? I was like, actually. Uh Um, and that meeting got rescheduled and I have to, I still have to do that one. And then the other school, I emailed about a really specific problem and that they had asked, um, towards the end of school, they had like themed days where one day was like a whatever and parents could sign up to bring certain things for these like theme days. And one of the days they asked parents to bring mini plastic water bottles, Mm -hmm. the little Mm -hmm. eight ounce ones or whatever. Um, that seems strange. Actually, I said, no, that's really freaking dumb. (laughs) (laughs) I did not say strange. Uh, And my husband was like, well, why? Like, whatever. They're just asking for it. Like somebody's going to bring it. And I was like, no, Mm -hmm. before school even started, they made everyone like promise. They made this huge deal about how every single kid needs to bring their own reusable water bottle to school mm-hmm. that's labeled, which like every kid has to do now in every school right. it's labeled with their name on it. They get to keep it at their desk, like blah, blah. They do not need plastic water bottles ever. I know that every child, this is the last, the second to last day of school. Yeah. Every child in that school has their own reusable water bottle. Um, and it turns out the teachers just thought it was easier since they were having a party <sighs> like outside mm-hmm. for the kids to not bring their water bottles outside just give all of them these like reusable plastic ones. So then they could, she was like, don't worry, we'll recycle them. <laughs> um, which is also not the point. Right. Anyway. So I, I think I've just, I've started stepping into my, in, instead of feeling like, Oh, well this feels icky to me and this is not a choice I would make. I'm saying like, Hey, have we thought through this full choice? I have some alternatives. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not really my nature to be like, I'm going to approach this, like, blah, blah, blah. I really just would rather be like, this is so stupid. They shouldn't like me. Um, So I'm really, I'm trying to like just, I I, I have the knowledge. I've done the research. I can be the person because if I'm not the person that's the resource and making the change, like who's going to? Sure. Um, And it is a little scary to like step out of your comfort zone, especially to someone who's like an authority figure, like mm-hmm. a head of school, for example, or mm-hmm. even a teacher. Like, even if it's not your teacher, it's still kind of like, it, it feels hard to push back about something right. sure. that has been presented as a norm. But mm-hmm. I have been doing that more frequently and I have just kind of pledged to myself that now whenever something comes up and especially in the school settings, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dive into somebody else's family and be like, sure. Hey, what about those Ziploc bags you got over there? Like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Um, but if it's a place where I think I can make a positive change, then I'm, mm-hmm. I'm being gutsy, but nice. myself 
in the situation to make the change. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I will try to channel that with you as mine starts (laughs) kindergarten. (laughs) It's it's challenging, man. It is. It is. Because again, it's not quote the norm. And so, yeah. So people are like, well, why are you, you know, having to disagree on that? Like you said, even like the goldfish example, like you have a great alternative that's easy and still snacks and, you know, and whatnot. Yeah. But it, and it's just as simple to go buy your alternative as it was to go buy goldfish. And they were like, yeah, that's great. But yeah, just the fact that you're like, hey, goldfish, which every kid in America thinks is the greatest snack ever, I'm going to say is bad. And everyone's like, what? And it's like, no, let's talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> if you can have if you can have a solid reasoning why that's just not a feeling, that's more like right. a, right. this is, these are actually the reasons. And it's not just because like, I'm on a diet and goldfish are bad for you. It's actually like, hey, yeah. most dentists actually agree that crackers get stuck in your teeth and it's really the leading ca- cause of cavities for kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and goldfish are non-nutritive. <laughs> yeah. Which is a whole other thing. Yeah. But if you can present that and then say, here are some other things that would be, you know, an equivalent of a snack that we could put in this mm-hmm. slot that you're wanting to serve with fresh fruit. What do you think about those? Um, mm-hmm. Then, Yeah. Yeah. Normally they're like, thanks. Cause that's what, yeah. Especially if you have an alternative for them or a, an option being like, okay, I'm not agreeing with this choice, but I've already done the research and here's some different options for you. Most people are like, oh, thanks. You've done all the work for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People actually always say that to me. I'm like, uh, I don't really want to like, I don't want to give you too much. And they're like, no, no, I don't want to look it up. So like, if you have it, give it, give it yeah, to me. Yeah. Like, all the information. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, cool. You're making it more convenient for them, which I again, yeah, <laughs> this exactly. is what it's about. It's all in a Google doc. Let me email it over to you. Yeah. I yeah, love that. That's awesome. <laughs> so fun. Okay. So our final question is what is something that you do that fills your bucket of life? Ooh, you know what? I think you told me that was going to be a question and I should have come up with an answer before. <laughs> um, Man, along these same lines or just in general? Anything. Anything, yeah. Anything you want. I think, um, you know, I I get, I recently learned about this thing that's called um, a glimmer. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's kind of the opposite of, I don't know if that's the opposite of a trigger, but it's the opposite of like, whenever you have like this like minor annoyance or you like get mad about something, but like just a little bit, but a glimmer is something that like, makes you just like a little like you just see a little thing that makes you happy mm-hmm. or you like experience a little thing and you're like oh that's like actually just like a really pleasant like I'm content kind of feeling yeah mm-hmm. um and there are man this is cheesy but there are a lot of times that I will like be walking through my house and just kind of pause and be like man I really like I did this thing like according to my values and it looks good or I'll be like I've got completely dressed for the day and I'm like that's a B Corp shirt that's a secondhand pair of shorts that I got for four dollars and like this is all like non-toxic makeup that I put on and like things like that because often my days I stay home with my kids um and often my days are filled with a lot of things that happen when you stay home with yesterday we splatter painted a wall um and so that's just you know there's there's messes and there's fightings and there's things like that so there's not these like there, sometimes there are huge moments of joy, but a lot of times I take a lot of pleasure and like feel very content in these like glimmers that I find mm-hmm. of like, you know, I open the pantry and I have like all this loose stuff that's in these like reused glass jars and I could have bought all these in like little plastic containers or whatever, but I'm like, this is my weird thing that mm-hmm. I'm actually just really content with that yeah. I can yeah. see yeah. 
all of these things that actually just like match up with the way that I've been saying that I want to do it. Yeah. And I'm I'm doing Doing it. it. Yeah. And I'm actually doing it. And I finally, I feel like we've completed like most of the check boxes for, for all of the things that I wanted to swap to these like non-toxic and ethical and, you know, healthy things. Mm -hmm. I hate using the word healthy, but, but all of those things. And I feel like I can just see it in, not just in like my medicine cabinet, but just in all of the spaces. Mm-hmm. And those, whenever I, I actually pause and look at it, those little moments are really, I don't, I don't know that it's a bucket that's filled up because <laughs> it would take a lot to fill a bucket whenever I'm so very tired from children, but um, <laughs> it, it is, it does make me really happy. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. You're actually like seeing what you're, you've been working on since 2018. Yeah. What I've been talking about. Yeah. A long, a long, long time. Yeah. And I get that. I feel like I've had those moments too. Mm-hmm. Like even, um, food, like food stuff specifically. I was like, oh, I remember when I thought like making this kind of meal would just be so daunting and extraneous. And I'm like, and I just like whipped up a roast and a this and a that. And yeah. I like didn't even think twice about it, you right. know? And I was like, huh, look at me. I figured yeah. it out, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. And you did it. Yeah. You did like it. not only did you do it, but like you are doing it. You're yeah. still doing it. Yeah. I think that's the, I yeah. love it. That's the game changer. And I think that's just a good reminder that filling your bucket doesn't have to be some like big grandiose thing it's the little things over time and like just Mm -hmm. the consistency that you've established with that I think that you know that's a win and that's something to celebrate yeah Yeah. feels good yay so Liz where can our followers find you um I am fairly active except when I decide that I'm mad at it and take a break but fairly active (laughs) on Instagram um I'm at fresh texan and occasionally I write for other blogs Mm -hmm. and when I do I post them there and they will be in my highlights and you can find them but um most active on Instagram cool well we will link all that in the show notes uh but this has been so informative so we really appreciate you coming today and like I said um so lives Liz lives in the same town as Caitlin and I so we actually got to do like an in-person with like a real life friend yes (laughs) (laughs) and someone who lives in our town so that's been exciting yeah Um, so yeah we just thank you so much for being on the podcast today and we can't wait to help sh- share. I was going to say spread. <laughs> spread. Share, spread. Share slash spread the wonderful information you've um, given us today. So thank you again. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Gutsy Truth. We are so thankful to have you here with us, and we hope today's episode was helpful and inspiring. Until next time, we encourage you to learn more at thegutsytruth.com and we'd really appreciate it if you left a review on today's episode on your podcast streaming platform of choice. If you are enjoying the podcast and want to support our mission to empower and inspire people everywhere, we would love for you to consider becoming a Patreon member. By supporting us on Patreon, you are helping us to continue to create valuable content and build a supportive community for listeners like you who are choosing to live a gutsy life. Visit thegutsytruth.com support to learn more. And until next time, that's the gutsy truth.